Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host, Ryan, this week, and joining me, as always, is Crofton Steers. How's it going, man? It's going good, Ryan. Feels like we haven't done this for a while. I mean, it's been about a month, if not maybe a month and a week, because last time we did a spoiler cast for Avengers Endgame, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Bo was not a dad. We checked it up. We fact-checked his resume when he submitted it, and he said he was a dad. Turns out... He's not a dad. Till his high school girlfriend shows up at his door and is like, meet your daughter. Yeah. And which then he would, he would in fact be a dad. It, what comes for, is it chicken or egg? If you don't know you have a daughter, are you a dad? Mm. No. No? A, being a dad, Ryan, requires a certain level of awareness that you are a dad. You have to be self-aware. And you know what's funny? Like, we should say parent. Like, every time someone comments on the show, they're like, oh, it's Dungeons and Diapers. It's dads. No, no, no. This is for parents, mothers, fathers, uh, you know, uh, fur fur mamas. That's a thing. I remember when we first had a kid, it's like, no, I have a dog, so I'm also a parent. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess. I guess. Like, your dog is someone that you send to preschool and fund their college yeah. and all that fun stuff, right? When people are like, I have a cat mm-hmm. and stuff, and they're like, so I'm like a cat mom or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's not how it works. I mean, like, <laughs> pets can be a lot of work. Because I remember when we got Zoe, our small little uh, Shih Tzu Yorkie, the first month was what I imagined to be a very condensed moment of parenthood where you were waking up every couple hours to whining to let them go pee. But eventually that dog becomes so self-sufficient by just like holding it all the time and, and sleeping a lot and playing every once in a while. Like, you don't, I I mean, it's just, you can care very much for a pet, but eventually they become pretty easy to take care of. One thing that's funny about pets is Mm. uh, I've never had one other than like my childhood pet what that my my family's had like as an adult i've never had a pet why not you have two kids they would love having a pet i'm starting yeah, a well, petition but- crofton gets a pet i'm gonna send it to gwendolyn and, and clara and be like hey sign this they won't know what i'm like, asking they won't understand what- who i am <laughs> uh, i'll be like stranger danger don't talk to that guy <laughs> what are you talking looks- about sign my petition <laughs> they get a- we get enough of that at our door anyway. i was gonna say you live uh, in ottawa you probably get petitions yeah, all the time yeah, petitions to switch to bell god damn it oh um, but uh but yeah the the thing the thing with um pets for me mm-hmm. and this is ironic because i have two children is they've <laughs> always been too much responsibility um so uh i just i'm just like oh, i don't want to do all the work like yeah, if I got a dog or if I got a cat, then when I go on vacation, I got to mm-hmm. figure out what to do. I got to buy them food. I got to change their litter if they're a cat. If they're a dog, I got to take them for walks. Like, I mean, it's it was always some level of work or responsibility. And I was like, I'm not uh, ready for that. It's funny. There's a <laughs> there's a lady of, of my work who's like a friend of mine who's who like almost had an anxiety attack when she adopted her first cat. She's like, Oh my God, this is a lot of responsibility. And I was, (laughs) and I would, I totally could relate to a certain, to a certain extent. Now kids, it's like kids is like a whole, a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. And now that I have kids, you might argue, well, why not just throw on a dog or a cat or whatever? But it's just another thing. Like my Mm -hmm. life is complicated enough. Well, it's interesting. You you mentioned the one thing about pets that can be uh, a hassle when you're traveling is like trying to find a sitter. Like for, for us, uh, I think both sides of the family from a, like, it's funny where I grew up in the country, cats were just a thing you had on the farm. And miraculously, they would, you'd put food in a bowl, and then they would survive. And like, really, you just you put the food in the bowl, and they're fine. They're, they're farm cats. They figure it out and they live. And all you need is for someone to come by and put some brown kibble and a little metal bowl and they will come come on meowing. Now with dogs, we've always had indoor dogs, right? So indoor dogs, you have to find someone to take care of them or else they're just, they, they're clueless. They don't understand. Dogs are a lot more like, they just need more attention. And uh, unfortunately, this- you just can't take them everywhere, you know? 
this sounds a lot like how I went through the first year of parenthood. I was just like, here, here's a here's a bowl of kibble, eat it, and like, why isn't why isn't this kid taking care of itself? And then I realized it was more like a dog, and you had to give it attention. Yeah, it is funny you mentioned dogs, uh, dog food, and kids. Is that we have to put the dog food up because Abby will go up to the dog dish, going Zoe, or well, she calls him Zobo, Zobo, Zobo. She takes out a piece of food, and you're thinking, okay, go feed it to Zoe. No, she like goes up to Zoe, laughs, runs away, and then finds a corner and eats it. And it's like, that's gross. Don't eat dog food. <laughs> and then you give her a treat. Like, okay, give Zoe a treat. You give one to Caden, give one to Abigail. And then Caden gives it to Zoe, thinks it's hilarious. And then Abigail, again, runs off and eats the dog treat. Doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's dog food or a dog treat. Like, we can't give them to her anymore because now she's like, she thinks it's people food. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's like, you know, it kind of looks like people food. A lot of it looks similar. Like my kid, Clara, eat, was eating dirt from the, one of the potted garden plants today. Mm. So I can't, you know, like she's probably like, huh, it looks pretty edible. So if something looked like a bone or like a, you know, like those bone cookies that mm-hmm. you feed dogs that Mel Gibson ate in Lethal Weapon 3, like you would you, you would be tempted to eat them. You'd be like, this looks like human food to a, me. A little one, bit. The kibbles as well. That it's the it's the gross friggin' canned wet stuff that like I would never even as <laughs> an infant I'd be like, Oh man, that looks nasty. Yeah, we don't we don't feed I guess we're bad parent, pet owners. We don't really feed Zoe like the wet food. I, he's, she's not quite there. I mean my 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 childhood dogs who have now passed away that when they were older, my parents would have to feed them wet food because they wouldn't eat the dry stuff, right? So um, well, yeah, as soon as you get them on the wets, they're like, screw that. Yeah, they, one of these. as soon as you get them on the wets. Uh, it's, <laughs> speaking it's funny, of that. It's funny, it's funny how you're like, Zoe is just like, it sounds like a kid name. It sounds like all of a sudden you have another kid. I'm oh. like, wow, geez, Zoe. Now I have to, Zoe's not like Skip or, I don't know. What's another dog named Rex or something? Well, Zoe said, Zoe, I could have named my child Zoe. Lenny Kravitz did. Yeah. I mean, uh, so did David Bowie, right? But uh, Zoe Bowie wasn't very happy about that. Um, it, it's interesting because when we got the dog, we were watching, we were, we were big into, um, oh gosh, now that show just uh, blanked. Is uh, It was on Fox. It had Zoe Deschanel. It was hilarious. New girl. New girl, thank you. And I was I was all oh we should we should put Zoe in in the kid basket, the kid name basket. And Ashley's like, I don't really like Zoe. And I thought, well what if what if we got a dog and we named named her Zoe? And that goes back sure. to the conversation. We don't know any people in real life who are named Zoe, right? So it's it, I know it's a people name, but we don't know a Zoe in real life. I, I'm sure Zoe Deschanel would appreciate that story. If she's listening to this podcast, she's like my name oh i inspired you to name your dog after me but thank you well okay like zoe deschanel is adorable and so is zoe our dog so it kind of works <laughs> they both have big puppy dog eyes they do they very much do. one of the <laughs> one of them literally and they're and they're both dating jake johnson in, uh in some sort of fictional world so it works out it works out um but i've been really busy uh and this is a funny story because every time i tell it uh, someone someone questions immediately why I would do such a thing, and I'm I'm curious what your reaction will be. And I mean, you've already seen it in the notes, so you probably have already practiced your your reaction. But I'm we're taking out our in ground pool in the backyard. What? Is he, why would you do that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. That's perfect. That's how everyone's reacted. By the way, um, that sounds like I thought you were like taking it when I saw those. Uh, Notes. I thought like my brother has one of those sort of above ground pools, sure. and, and it kind of it cracked and all this, and then so like he had to disassemble it and and, and take it out, and like we'll eventually get another pool. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. So he probably his pool's busted. He's got to get another one. But it's an in ground, like dug into the ground pool. Yeah. So it, it was a uh, shallow end, deep end, extended deep end pool in ground because uh, they put three of them in in the. 70s and one was taken out pretty maybe a decade ago and then my neighbor 
neighbor was always planning to take theirs out because it died. And then ours, it just lasts. We When we bought this house, we didn't want the pool. It was the first thing the realtor said was like, okay, you're going to love the house. Ignore the pool in the backyard. You can live with it. Because we, had, we Wait, had a small child. But yeah, ignore the super awesome pool in the backyard. Like the pool is, that seems like a thing that you would want. Yes. It, it, well, see, I'm not, I'm not a big swimmer. And pools, I don't know if you're familiar. Have you ever owned a pool before? I should ask that. No. They're a lot of work, no. Crofton. <laughs> and they're uh-huh. expensive, too. So essentially what was happening last summer is that for an entire month, we were having to top it up every night with the hose. And our water bill, now that Peterborough switched to uh, usage billing, our water bill went through the roof. And also the fact that our backyard is basically taken up by this pool. And I realize I'm complaining about a giant pool in my backyard. Please, people, yeah, just yeah. understand that it's a big deal. Uh, but it's like a death trap. Like, I wouldn't be able to let my kids outside. At least if they fell in the pool, like, you'd be able to grab them. But if they went in the deep end, they'd basically sink to the bottom. And you'd have to, go, you, you'd have to you, go get them. Did you ever use the... Like, did, were you using the pool in the summer and stuff like that? We like, were. I would use it every day. Uh, you say that, but, like, we didn't use it every day. But, like, someone was always over every other day or so using it. And it just felt like we personally weren't using it. And the kids didn't really like it. And we probably, we just decided, like, well, if the neighbors take it theirs out, we have a couple options. We spend a couple grand to fix whatever's wrong with it, or we spend a couple grand and we fill it, and then we just, we get a smaller above-ground pool that you can buy, like, Canadian Tire and just putter around in. Really, all I need is something for me to get cooled off in, right? So, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let me see if I understand this correctly. <laughs> you are spending money, like, multiple thousands. Well, not yet. Fi- to to get rid of a pool <laughs> yes yes that, that is like an in-ground like dug-in pool and then you you fill it up and then you will put on top of it <laughs> another pool that will <laughs> probably cost money and it would be an above ground pool i shouldn't have mentioned the second pool because i realize i'm just feeding you gold uh <laughs> Here's the thing. It's one of those things where we had our... I grew up in the country. I loved having a backyard. And honestly, you know, having the kids, the older they get, the tougher it's going to be to wrangle them. And I'd much prefer to just be like, here's a nice, safe, fenced area where you can have fun. It's kind of like just a like a staging area. Before we go to the park, you can play around in here and have something to do. Staging. A staging area. Like taking your kids to the park is a lot of work, especially if they're like in potty training or in diapers or still breastfeeding. You know, it's just this will be a lot better for us. But, yeah, it's been a bit of a process taking the pool out. And honestly, I think we created more of a death trap taking it out than we had when the pool was filled. Because I said to Ashley, like, at least when it was filled, there was water in it. If someone falls in now, they're going to get real hurt, right? <laughs> so we basically beelined it for the last week, two weeks, just trying to get this thing to a point where it wasn't going to kill you if you fell in. Um, so we're nearly there. But yeah, we're working on taking out the pool. I realize it's it's one of those things when you explain to people, it's like, oh my God, you had a pool and you're getting rid of it? It's, like, it's just so much work to have these things. It's also one of those things where, like, I as a person have a hard time with uh, get like when I have something that mm-hmm. kind of works or that, or that like, like you know, you see these Mary Kondo shows where people are getting rid of all their clutter and all this. I'm mm-hmm. not like a, I'm not like a, a hoarder, but like if I have something that's functional, and I can't like easily turn it into say money through a garage sale or, yeah. or sell it or whatever then i have a really hard time uh getting rid of it like letting go of it mm-hmm. and uh and so for me like if i had a pool in my backyard i would feel like i would just have this weird sense of like i gotta use this thing i gotta uh. make it like you know i'm I've, I've got to you know not not kill it but like i'll give you an example in my house uh right the guy who owned i'm in a semi detached mm-hmm. so there's two houses that are exactly the same stuck to each other the guy who owned our house previously was like a single dude and he he designed the house accordingly there's a lot of cool stuff for adults that don't do so well for kids the backyard is half interlocking like patio stone it's like it's perfect for barbecue seating arrangements for adults and putting like outside dining and stuff like that but 
the the yard next door is complete grass Mm -hmm. and that's better for kids you know and so like jesse and i are like oh maybe we should rip out this patio stone or maybe we should do this but like i can't bring myself to do it because i have something that's like in and to remove it to spend money to remove something i have it's just like even though it probably makes sense Mm -hmm. i have a really hard time just mentally doing it well you know there were many there were many points where it crossed my mind. You know, when we took the liner off, I was like, well, we could still buy a new liner. It's still good. Like, if that was the issue, we could fix it. We could pay to fix it. It's still good. Then when I was, I, we had rented a jackhammer. So that was fun. First time using a jackhammer uh, to, to kind of break up the concrete in the bottom so it could drain properly. And again, while I was doing that, I was like, it's still possible. We could patch this, you know, we could do this. Uh, so yeah throughout the process it was very hard because i'm like you i don't like you know getting rid of something that could possibly be fixed and or slightly improved to get even another year out of it but i think it's just it all lined up in a way where i just focused on that on the backyard because i remember when i was a kid some of my fondest memories were just being outside but in a comfortable and safe place you know i grew up in in the country so we weren't really the worst thing you'd be worried about is maybe running into the, the cows coming home. But like, it was just, <laughs> sorry. But anyways, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I think in the long run, as long as nobody tells my kids we had a pool when they were younger, I'm looking at you people or yeah, yeah. maybe skip That'd episode be really 18. Funny. <laughs> if you send a stupid message to my kids to like make them get a pet or want a pet, I'm going to totally rat to your kids. Okay. Later. Then we have a pact. You don't mention the pool. I don't mention the pets, and we're golden. We're good. And you know we're not. It's a it's a phased project. So this year we're gonna get the pool closed. Next year we'll we'll make sure we have to let it sit for a year, and then we'll put the sod down. And then you know I I like the idea of having a smaller pool. It's less maintenance because I don't use the pool, so I wasn't really you know I'd pitch in to take care of it here and there. But it was mostly Ashley's project, and you know the kids. Caden never went in it, but he le- still likes water, so we'll get there. And yeah, it's it's not it's not an easy thing to explain, but I think once we have a nice big backyard, we'll be we'll be thankful. You'll be good. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you can spend more time in the dungeons. Yes, I look and, forward uh, to it. What have you been playing, man? Because uh, you've got some fun stuff here. Yeah, well, so I've been, uh, my main game right now, I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, mm-hmm. um, which is like, it feels like is having kind of a bit of a renaissance as, as people are, are are cutting through their backlogs of last year and are kind of like it's a slow release schedule right now. There's a couple of things that have, you know, maybe not have lived up to, to hype. So people are going back to assassin's creed odyssey i had gotten into christmas so i you know i took it out i'm a huge like i was really really into assassin's creed um for quite a long time but i stopped playing them after black flag like mm-hmm. i was just i had i was sort of okay I, i'm good now for for a while and that's so I quite a played, long while ago what about that yeah. four years ago or so yeah so i haven't played unity syndicate origins or odyssey right i haven't played any of those games and um uh, but I really enjoyed, you know, the previous ones, all pretty much all of the previous ones, like even three that people get down on. I, they were like games that on my calendar, they'd be burning a hole when they came out. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait um, to play those games. But I kind of, you know, kind of had my fill. I really enjoyed Black Flag. Um, Unity got all sorts of bad press at launch. I was like, oh, I'll wait, I'll wait. And then it just, I, I never got to it, right? So Odyssey is the first Assassin's Creed I played since Black Flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it like Black Flag, it's not Assassin's Creed. It's some game that is a good game, but they've just put Assassin's Creed on. Last time it was a Pirates game and they're like, okay, let's say it's also Assassin's Creed. This time it's like a Greek, you know, adventure RPG or whatever. But instead of starting a new brand or starting whatever, they're like, nope, it's going to be Assassin's Creed, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, so I, I find that kind of interesting because they could have like three series going right now, but instead they, they just, you know, they sandwich it all under the assassin's creed label which is whatever right Mm -hmm. um 
but uh, I'm really enjoying it. Like I'm really enjoying Odyssey, but it is the quintessential example for me of a good, not great game. Like, and it it's it's huge in scope. It's 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 beautiful, uh, and it and it's it's genu- genuinely fun to play a lot of the time but it's just like for me it's there's something that's keeping it just shy of greatness there's a there's enough systems that kind of annoy me mm-hmm. that that are keeping it from from me saying this is a a, a great game and uh i know a lot of people like it though i you may you may have thoughts on it i'm assuming you played it i i have it's funny um with assassin's creed this this one odyssey and origins were sort of in the same sort of not reboot, but reimagining of the Assassin's Creed franchise. So you had Black Flag would have been, I think, the last. Maybe Syndicate would have been the last Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, and then Origins kind of you know made it more of an action RPG uh, type adventure. And I kind of bounced off of Origins. I I got a hold of it on you know on the cheap on the sale, and then Odyssey. I kind of was like, eh, if I didn't like Origins, am I going to like Odyssey? And and I stayed away from it. But eventually, I did find it on a sale and i picked it up and um i see where you're coming from like it's a it's a great not good game i think the problem i have with it is that it feels bloated and my uh, maybe like a year once caden was a year old i i had this bit of a this this like sensory in the back of my mind when it came to gaming and that like i know i'm not going to finish this game and that's gonna that bugs me a little bit but maybe that's not my fault like assassin's creed odyssey is one of those things where if you're a completionist or even if you like to complete the forget main game, about it just don't even go near it because it's gonna bug you and it's not your fault it's the game's fault it's just so it's very much bloated so the way i approached odyssey was like i'm just gonna enjoy it and have a good time in what i play and honestly that that has been a lot of fun for me and on it's it's interesting because i went from red dead redemption 2 uh, of that slow, monotonous, you know, cowboy sort of epic, uh, didn't beat that one. But uh, and then went into Odyssey, and it's like the complete opposite. Horse can climb anything. No fall damage when your horse goes off a weird, you know, angle. Like you're kind of a all powerful being. Like it's it's it was so freeing. It, it's freeing in a way, but it's like it feels really. Um... I, I find that I don't want to throw around terms like bipolar because that's a sensitive term to use. But like it, it, it feels like it, it's on two ends of a spectrum where mm-hmm. like graphically it wants to be, you know, beautiful uh, and visually impressive. And it wants to be realistic in a way, although I would argue this may be the least, probably the least historically accurate mm. Assassin's Creed so far. They, it, it used to be very much based on historical tourism. And there is a lot of that in this. Mm-hmm. There is. But it feels a lot more um, like what can we do to make your life as a player easier? What's like really really video gamey so like for example if if i'm boiling it down to one little thing and and there's tons that you could point to but in red dead redemption when you uh kill a guy or whatever and and you want to loot that that guy you you'll turn their body over you'll reach into each of their pockets and and take all their stuff everything is animated and then if there's 10 guys well you know you go through and you you loot each of those um, those guys individually, like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you when you, there's a button you just hit loot and you'll you'll you don't see any animation you just have everything that that guy had and it sort of pops up on screen, mm-hmm. which which would be okay but but then they they've made it so that like if there's ten bodies you'll just get all of that stuff that's right? Like, loot. Right, it's amazing. Right away, it and it, it it is, it depends. It's it's like it completely takes you out of any form of realism of the game. That's what I'm saying. It's like that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying it's it's like if you're playing a game that is totally committed to being a video game, um, then then that's okay. There's tons of fun fun games that are like that, and then if you play games that that are totally committed to being like a real realistic or semi sort of kind of immersive 
world where you're not like, oh yeah, I'm playing a video game all the time. Uh, that's that's cool too. But it feels like this game is like, no, we're doing both, and uh, mm. and because because of that, it, it kind of like I the, it 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 bothers me a bit because I always thought the original Assassin's Creed. I was a huge fan of the original Assassin's Creed when it came out. I know a lot of people weren't. It was the second one that made the series popular, but. Part of it, what I thought was so cool about it, was the idea that it managed to marry these these video game tropes with kind of realistic, like it, simulation, almost like it 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 played with your suspension of disbelief because you knew you were playing a character that was reliving another character's historical memories. Mm -hmm. So, if you, for example, as Altair, the original assassin, killed the civilian. You got a message saying, like, you know, this that's histor what you're doing is historically inaccurate. Altair did not kill civilians. You're being desynchronized, you know, from from the simulation. Uh, and if you you had to sort of like if you took damage, it wasn't that he was taking damage. It was like it was like part partly being synchronized with the simulation. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey is funny because if you die, it still says like desynchronized and makes it. Like it still leans into that, mm -hmm. but in this in the same way now it's super video gamey. All that good work they did to marry this sort of fact that you're living your your um, these ancestors' memories, uh, like it, it's all kind of gone by the wayside in the service of like making your life really really easy. It sounds like I'm coming down hard on this game. It's not that. It's just that mm. I might. Everybody's been saying how amazing it is, and I think it's a good game. I just don't think it's a great. You're game. trying to bring it down a peg. I get you. I get you. Well, yes. Yeah, uh, who knows? I'm still I'm still playing it, and I enjoy it every night. Like when I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, this is fun. But like a lot of the things that people laud about it, like the con the the new RPG system and all that, mm -hmm. I miss a lot of the old Assassin's Creed stuff. Like I I miss the old fighting system. I don't mm -hmm. like this one as much, where you're waiting on cooldowns and. and it is a bit weird sometimes with the cooldowns. It's very different from what you're used to. And I think that was the big, you know, learning curve with Origins. And I think Odyssey just implemented it a little bit better, a little bit smoother. But yeah, no, you, having played Black Flag being your last one and you have that memory from five, six years ago, I can totally see how this one can be a bit of a, a, bit of a shock to the system. But you're right about the bloat. It's so super impressive. I have to tip my hat to Ubisoft. Just like it's funny to micro critique these ginormous games when you hear about like the crazy amount of crunch that the Rockstar folks or the different different AAA developers do, and then you've got this company in Ubisoft that's putting out these massive games like on a yearly basis like like last the year odyssey came out they also had like ghost recon wildlands and up then far cry 5 and they're they just like they you know all of those games i think they all they, they fall into that trope of good but trap of good but not great but at the same time it's just it's honestly impressive that they're able to construct these things like well they've mastered the ability of being able to work 24-7 without having, maybe not 24-7, but 24 hours a day without having burnout because they have multiple studios around the world and they have, I don't know how they do it, but they have one of the greatest multi-studio setups that I've ever seen in the video game industry, you know? And maybe maybe another one would be, you know, the way Nintendo's been doing their work in that they sometimes have one or two studios working on major games. And with Assassin's Creed, like there are like three stu there's usually one lead studio and a couple of support studios that are working to build this massive project. And the direction alone required to build such a massive product across countries, if not continents, it needs to be applauded. And in a time where we're talking about crunch and sort of the negativity around the video game industry, as far as I know, I haven't heard any stories come out of Ubisoft, and if there has been, certainly let us know but i think they they should be applauded for being able to to reward their workers remain a positive company and just get deliver you know for sure and this one was made i think in their quebec city studio which is uh not known as like it's not like ubisoft montreal or and so so i mean 
I, I, I tip my hat again to them. They did great work. And there's a ton of systems I really like in the game. They have this system that, that is a bit like the Nemesis system in the Shadow of Mordor games where you're, you're tracked by mercenaries. And uh, then meanwhile, you're trying to unmask these folks and the, uh, these cultists. And there's like in this a systematic assassination that you can sort of do at your leisure throughout the world. There's a bunch, there's a bunch of stuff I really, really do like. I really appreciate the voice acting, the animation, all, all of that is really great for me. The, the bloat, I see where you're, you're coming at it with that. And, and the fact that like some of the very core gameplay systems, such as the, the battle system um I'm, I'm not a huge fan huge fan of but yeah i know it's being great the other game i've been playing is on my phone i've been looking for a good phone game ryan i know you you've had one in fire emblem uh heroes for a long time but i just like i i generally play a phone game for quite a while and then then i'll drop it <laughs> and then I'll not have anything. And so uh, there's this series of golf games that I was really into, like these little arcadey golf games called Super Stickman Golf. And um, there's a, there is sort of like the evolution of that to be like one of the Crash Royale type triple currency games uh, mm -hmm. called Golf Blitz. And uh, I've been playing a lot of that as well, and I totally recommend it. It's a free download. You got nothing to lose, and honestly, you'll never feel like spending a penny. You know, it's hmm. uh, it's a uh, it, it it's just like four player. Every game is a multiplayer game, and it's like four player trying to trying to get the the ball in the hole um, as quick as possible. Uh, it's in two dimensions, and and it's wacky courses, and then you can get like upgraded like speed balls, fireballs, sticky balls, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, it, there's a little bit of strategy, and you flick to flick to to take your shot, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, really really quite a good time, and uh, and so it's filling my void on that front. And the last thing for me on the dungeons is uh, I'm uh, I'm watching this. Um, I just finished watching the two seasons of this uh, TV show Glow on Netflix. Ryan, do you know, have you seen or heard of Glow? We talked a bit about it and it's, I think we talked about it. It's the, um, the lady from Community, Alison Bree's uh, oh, yeah, we may, we wrestling may series. But I think we talked we, about it. You watched but, a couple episodes. You were still unsure as to whether you, you and. Yes, that's likely because if, you know, I just, we just finished, wa finished, the second season recently mm -hmm. it's a really great show and i recommend it to pretty much everyone unless you have some sort of like you know prudish concerns of like be it sex or drug use or whatever there's not a ton but there is some so i mean like some people may be put off by that but it you know half hour a comedy drama um first episode you know like it takes a while they push you away from the main character a little bit and then then you and other characters sort of learn to love them again i guess if you will over over the course of the series but uh it's just really it's a really neat the 80s style everything it, it, it is set in the 80s and and mark maron who i am um, he has his podcast wtf with mark maron uh i i didn't know was an actor but he is uh he's his crotchety old old director in this and honestly a really uh a really good performance uh they're worth watching for for him and for all the all the ladies all the the wrestling characters uh, and the wrestling's like a slow drip you don't really need to to know anything about wrestling or be into wrestling at all like it's all the characters don't know anything about it and are kind of introduced into this world bit by bit mm -hmm. but yeah really good show really good show yeah we uh we were actually uh trying to think of um we were trying to think of a show to watch because uh ashley and i we've kind of worked our way through the main sort of series we record on our PVR and then I've been watching Game of Thrones and honestly that's like those episodes have been so huge and it's just taken up all of the discussions online and I'm I'm glad it's done because we can move we can move forward uh as a group and um and then we're trying to find something to watch and you know we have access to Crave and that's how we've been watching uh HBO's Game of Thrones so we were like well what if we tried to watch I keep hearing good things about this True Detective Everyone says it's like the greatest series ever made, and, and Ashley loves you know crime dramas. So I thought, okay, let's watch it. And the first season has Woody Harrelson and 
um, Matthew McConaughey, and they it's like a weird tale told from like three different eras of time. You've got the you got the mid nineties, then you've got the you know um, the mid twenty tens, and then there's they also go back a bit further into the eighties. I think through more discussion than flashbacks. And the first episode was really, 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 really slow and talky, which is not, Ashley's not big on, you know, talkies. I don't mind, you know, she's more of that, you know, silent age type, you know, um, for me, I, I don't, I, you got that impression. I don't know much, of, I don't know much about that show, but I, th- I think that it's a, a big talkie. Like I think every yes. episode is. Well, it has been the first episode was really more of a setup and then i think the second episode started to get more into the characters and more into the the crime drama aspect more investigation more interviews that sort of thing still talky talky but more interaction talky talky right so we've kind of warmed up to it we're we're enjoying it uh so far and i hear skip the second season and go directly to the third season after the first because I hear the second season is absolute garbage. So uh, yeah, the only one I hear really good things about was the first season. But honestly, like that sounds like what I would call a heavy show. You it's know? definitely like, heavy. It's a, yeah. it, and so, like, if that's what you guys are looking for, great. If you're looking for something lighter, though, I I, I fully fully recommend Glow. I think Ashley would like it. You guys would would probably have a good time. Uh, watching that one if you're looking for a crime show i'm not sure if you ever saw did you ever see justified oh i watched the first two or three seasons and i haven't okay. finished it so maybe i should maybe i should jump back on that and see if ashley wants. man i love justified so much I, th- anyway. I think ashley's dad watched it and she was like asking about it once it's like yeah i love justified and maybe we just never got around to watching it so i'd have to probably start it from scratch because i don't remember where i left off it must have been season three or four well, the first Man. season of Justified is a bit weird in that it's got like single episodes, you know, like a crime of the week type yeah. stuff. But then, uh, you know, after the season finale that loops back to the season premiere and some of the big plot lines, every season thereafter is pretty much um, episodic. Like is, uh, you know, like every episode's to be continued. They're all linked mm-hmm. together. They don't do that ep- episode by episode stuff so it, it's one of those ones where like they say about tv shows generally the second season is always the best justified is probably another one that falls in that in that uh, group but anyway just if you were looking for a show but glow uh, glow for me is the uh, the show i see here in the notes mm-hmm. that you've been playing days gone which i admit is a game that has intrigued me so days gone is interesting obviously i've talked a lot about it on the on the gamers in as well as zombies ate my podcast because it is a zombie video game and it's basically every waking moment of my free gaming time has been put into this days gone and this is one another one of those games that kind of raises some alarm bells like you're not gonna be able to finish it it's a big open world game like you're just not gonna be able to finish it and I, but I still, I, I'm going into it thinking I'm going to finish it. It very much feels to me the same experience I had with Horizon Zero Dawn where I like, or God of War or Spider-Man. I know it's a big game, but if we just breathe and focus and we'll get it done. It'll take a while lot longer than it usually did before, but it's, we'll get it, we'll get it in there. So, um, you know, Days Gone is an open world zombie game and it's uh, fast zombies but also zombies of different calibers. So you've got like these smaller zombies that won't engage with you unless you're low on health or or they're or you're in danger and they'll kind of pile in on you. And then there's like the normal zombies that are just your normal sort of runners. And then there's also hordes. And that's the big thing about this game is that there are these hordes of zombies. Have you ever seen World War Z the movie with Brad Pitt? Not the book, the movie. Uh, no, I actually, I have not seen that movie. I, only the trailers, though, and I do recall the trailers of, like, the zombie mountain up mm-hmm. up the side of a wall. So it's very similar to that in that the zombies will kind of clump and chase after you. And it can be very, very surprising sometimes when you're, you know, you're driving around. So you're driving around on your motorbike. That's how you get around in the open world. And you'll often, you know, find a dark area and all of a sudden a horde has overtaken you. And it really feels like being hit by, like, a wave because it just tears you apart and the game is interesting because in the beginning at least it kind of overthrows some of those zombie tropes 
where every camp you come across has some crazy person that's going to like overthrow it. And honestly, a majority of the camps you come across in the beginning of the game have been very sane and constructive. Like these are pe- it's 2 years into the apocalypse. These people are living their lives. They're not complete madmen. They're all different, but they're very, you know, sane. Uh, not to say there aren't insane people, but I just really like the setup of the world and it is it is janky and it's a video game as video game, but there's something about it and it could be the zombies, it could be the open world nature. It could be the story they're telling in a very oversaturated genre of zombies. And I just, I'm digging it. So I'm playing through it. Uh, you have a PS4 Pro, right? Yeah. Yeah, so my suggestion, my only thing is, it's, it runs uh, quite stuttery on the OG PlayStation 4. And I don't know if a PS4 Pro would fix those issues, but usually when you're when you're riding your bike, it's pretty noticeable as you're traversing the open world. So I'm thinking, you know, a faster CPU, faster hard drive would really benefit for this game. So did you uh, you joked about Assassin's Creed having bloat? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you feel the bloat on this game or is it more streamlined? It's definitely more of a streamlined game. There are definitely main quests. And then there are these side quests sort of jobs that you can kind of complete while you're traversing the world and in terms of there is some like open world sort of collectibles like oh find all the historical markers and find um all these different things and like yeah you can ignore that pretty safely really the only open world things you really want to beeline for are these uh nero research points where you get these injectors that will give you a boost to your health stamina or focus so when you're completing those things you feel like it's worth the trouble it's worth it right uh and it usually those places unlock a fast travel point so that's also worth the trouble um but it's not like uh at odyssey where there's just shit everywhere like there's a finite amount of quests and there's a finite amount of things to kind of unlock and you feel it feels very it feels balanced it's a big game a lot of story but it still feels like i'm getting there i think i'm i think i'm nearly done the game that's it's funny fast travel points because in Odyssey uh, you climb these it's the um, the synchronization points from previous Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. They're now they now serve as the fa- fast travel points, and it's funny because like fast travel in open world games is something that I kind of like. I push off a little bit because I feel like part of that is the locomotion to get to a place and the experience to get to a place mm-hmm. should should be what re- kind of the reward like it's like spider-man uh, you don't there you can take the subway the only reason i did that was to get a trophy that, that you got for taking the subway like three or four times mm-hmm. because it was so much fun getting from point a to point b otherwise right and it just felt more true to the character you were playing in assassin's creed odyssey i'm like fast travel fast travel fast travel and i'm literally bouncing around like it makes no sense because my boat stays where it was before so it's like i'm fast traveling to like complete other continents and islands um here's a here's a in to the detriment of the story a little bit here's here's a an example uh at one point early in the game there's this uh sick village in your home island where you start mm-hmm. and you could choose whether to uh to help this priest execute this family or not and whatever i'm a softie i let them live you know you mean both yeah the the whole island i guess gets germed up afterwards so that would have probably made a really good visual to um to to for your boat to like kind of arrive and everybody to be sick and these dark clouds over the island but i didn't see that because i just fast traveled to the island as soon as i found out about it and and then you start at this point right in the middle of the island like you're you know all of that cinematic momentum is kind of taken away so yeah the uh, thing with spider-man though it was fun to travel and odyssey is just such a big world and and same with Days Gone. Like it's it's not a big world. You could easily drive from one end to the other, but there's gas management, so your bike has to it has to have gas at all times, as it is in the real world. And there are gas stations sort of littered all around. Like there's a lot of gas that is prevalent in this apocalypse, which is kind of funny. But it's a, like I said, it's a video game as video game. There's no real rhyme or reason that gas should still be coming out of a out of a petrol station, right? So. Um, 
it's, it's riding riding a motorcycle would be fun though like potentially it, it is fun but like i said it, it's pretty stuttery so for me it's like once i've unlocked that fast travel i'm just zipping around the map plus i am trying right. to kind of finish the game so like i'm i'm kind of i'm done driving like i'm i'd rather just fast travel just due to the stutteriness when i do ride i do enjoy it um but i just have no problem fast traveling because it's just it's like whatever just get to where i'm going that's the more fun is is fighting zombies and finding unique ways to kind of clear camps and stuff without without getting overrun that's that's been my fun uh with the game hey uh just a question about mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed that you might know the answer to. Because to- all this talk about locomotion has made me think about how um, Zelda Breath of the Wild was a game in which that you could, uh, you know, you'd be riding a horse. It'd be really fun. But then also you by default, they gave you this glider mm-hmm. that you could just like you'd be somewhere high and then you could just glide. I've wanted that. I've never wanted a glider more in a video game than Assassin's Creed Odyssey where I'm like on the top of these super tall mountains and cliffs and I'm like oh shit I want to go over there it'd be really cool to have that Zelda glider right now do you ever get a Zelda glider in that game no and that would be really cool as far as I've never beaten it but as far as I know like the only glider in an Ubisoft game is like Far Cry kind of made the wingsuit a thing right well, Leonardo da Vinci in Assassin's Creed gives you like some uh, some flying device at one point, mm. and you fly. But but I mean, it. I just I just if you're gonna rip off a game like Bre- nobody would begrudge you if you ripped off Breath of the Wild, and no. you're like, oh, okay, look now all of a sudden she she has the ability to like float for really long distances, because honestly. Um, I could jump off anything and I will never die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like my suspension of disbelief is already a little, but I'm just like, God, I would like to float. Well, let me float. The thing is, you know, just to kind of wrap up the dungeons, when you, when you talk of breath of the wild and games that would, would pull from that design this year's E3, we're looking at two years since the release of two and a half years since the release of breath of the wild. And very likely, we will see some games unveiled at E3 that borrow directly from the design of Breath of the Wild. Because it usually takes about two to three years for an influential game to impact real-world large AAA products. So if not this E3, next E3, well, we will be seeing the first impact. You know, like when The Witcher 3 came out, you felt that impact when Assassin's Creed Origins came out, when... Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Like this game is a lot. Like it takes many attributes from The Witcher, mm-hmm. and like honestly, in terms of performance and graphics and stuff like that, a lot of a lot probably better in many many ways. It's just that uh, it's just it doesn't have that. I don't know. Like it that the bloat that you say everything felt so handcrafted and purposeful in The Witcher, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, people got down on The Witcher's combat system. I really liked it. The preparation before using the skills, the sword combat, but it also had it, it also the level cap that The Witcher had. It's a similar leveling system to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it bothers me in Odyssey. But it didn't bother me in The Witcher, and I don't know why that is. Like, I, mm. I, I think the framing of the the game maybe is different. Anyway, let's start. I I, I recognize I'm going down a hole. No, yeah, rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's dig out of that rabbit hole. Let's dig up and let's head into some diapers because we're gonna have to get out of here soon. Diapers. Uh, I will start with the fact that I was like, okay, what am I gonna talk about? Really, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Uh, we talked about the pool. We talked about basically barring my kids from the uh, from the backyard for the next two years. But what actually happened was Monday night, Caden had his first soccer game. And a couple of unique things about this is that, uh, A, it breaks our cardinal rule of making sure Caden and Abby go to bed on time. Because the soccer game starts at 6. We're home at like 7.30, which is an hour after their bedtime. Uh, first rule breaking of being a parent is you never mess with a scheduled bedtime it's the worst thing yeah, you can do it's true it's you funny it. that is yeah uh second ashley is coaching but also abby is still very much attached to ashley uh she still nurses so 
it's like 10 to 6, uh, quarter after 6, if she realizes she hasn't nursed and it's time for bed, she starts freaking out and wants mummy. Um, third thing, these are a bunch of 3 and 4 year olds playing soccer. So you can pretty much imagine how that went. They all had fun, and that's the main thing. But you can't go in expecting them to kind of like latch on to like all the, the intricate rules of the beautiful game that is football aka soccer so it was uh it was interesting i i it was really eye-opening for me because i personally i like i didn't care like i I just wanted them to have fun but then you see like these other parents who like some parents are like they're on the field with their kids holding their hands and helping them like play soccer which was cute but then there was another go with the dandelion god damn it shoot at the net well it was an astroturf uh field so there was no dandelion picking oh classy! Um, i know yeah it was at a it was at call it was at a college in town so that was really fun um who knows how many swimming pools lie underneath <laughs> yes i'm putting astroturf in my backyard uh this way caden can become the ultimate astroturf soccer player uh it, it was like, quickly like a couple of fun things like yeah the kids are like some of them are being like dragged around by their parents on the on the field the coach on the other team is like don't use their hand don't use your hands every time don't use your hands don't use your hands it's like they're kids like they're gonna they're gonna try to use their hands because like what's the first instinct you have as a kid is to pick up the ball that's rolling around like no one wants you to kick it right so in this instance you're like suddenly asking them to kick the ball and it's like they don't understand what you're asking them to do uh but yeah he had a great time the only thing was that around like i said around quarter after six abby starts to get tired she realizes she hasn't nursed yet and she just starts freaking out so i'm like running around trying to calm this very upset child (laughs) while ashley's running around chasing eight three-year-olds playing soccer (laughs) so sounds like a good time ryan it was an interesting time kids got to bed late uh, they had a lot of fun. Both of them did. You know, Abby probably only had about half the amount of fun that Caden did. But uh, they got to bed late. Felt it today. Uh, they were a little. They were definitely tired when we put them to bed tonight. But Caden uh, was excited. He wants. He's like, when do I get to play again? When's soccer again? I can't wait to play soccer. And it's it's awesome because he doesn't get a lot of social interactions with other kids because um, Ashley's home with him full time. So they try to get out to the park. They try to see they they see kids, but this is kind of Caden's, you know, only scheduled social time with other kids. So he he really needed it, I think, because and he's been enjoying it. He says he likes playing with his friends. He likes playing soccer with his friends. And I'm like, well, you just you know you got to get to know them a little bit. You just you just met them. You, just, you can't just play yeah. one game of soccer and suddenly they're all your friends, man. But uh, they're. Yeah, he's he's putting that friendship card out there pretty quick. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, really, you're just playing soccer with them. Maybe you'll be friends by like game two or three, yeah. but you got to build up to it, man. Don't don't just jump in, you know. I st- yeah, I still don't consider Bo my friend, and I've done 200 <laughs> podcasts with him. Yeah, so, you, you know, and several different podcasts. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, the uh, the the thing about kids is that they latch on to these things, eh? Like, mm-hmm. they, and it, it, it'll be cool and it'll feel nice if, like, he gets up every day and is like, Daddy, I want to play soccer or whatever. Like, I, I want to do that. I'm going through that with Gwen right now with regards to pinatas. Um, <laughs> what? So, so, uh, so Gwen is, uh, Gwen went to a birthday party on uh-huh. the weekend. Uh, her best friend, BFF, from uh, school. It, Quinn, it was her birthday, and um, uh, Quinn had a pinata at her birthday, and uh, it was really funny because all the kids were lined up, right? And I'm not sure if you remember how pinata is supposed to work, but they, um, <laughs> they I do, yeah. They put, a, they put a blindfold around your your eyes, and okay. then they spin they spin you around and try to make you hit hit the pinata, right? Because the idea. First off, is that the first person who could possibly hit the pinata solid, the pinata is going to break, which is wrong when you're dealing with like four year old girls, mm-hmm. um, and that take maybe twenty shots to break that pinata, and and also like the pinata is like you know it was hung maybe a little high, and so the girls are like 
<laughs> they're wearing their, their, you know, their masks and getting spun around, and they can't hit anything or whatever. And they're supposed to get like three shots each, and obviously, but by, by the second girl, that the, the mask was gone, and they were just giving clean shots to the pinata. You know, like, the pinata's like, like, wait, what? This isn't fair. Yeah, this isn't fair. Take a shot. And even with that advantage, they they were at less than a fifty percent hit rate. So uh, I mean, <laughs> I gotta say, girls, you could could have stepped it up. But but then the pinata broke. And see, I thought this was gonna be a disaster because then all the candy and the falls out and they all have these little bags and they're to fill them with candy but mm. i mean it's like you're leaving it up to these kids to like share this candy on the ground it's like first come first serve right right but it actually was not a disaster was worked out pretty well everybody had a good time but now gwen is like asking every day for pinatas she's like i i want to have a pinata at my party we're like yeah sure but it's in late august so we'll do that. And then she's like, can't we just have a pinata for no reason? And then not <laughs> I, wrong. Was like, I was like, I guess yes. And she, and then now Jesse has like negotiated that we're going to have like, uh, we're having a brunch next week or something with a couple friends and we'll have a pinata. <laughs> a brunch pinata. What does a brunch pinata uh, look like? I'm like, all right, guys, did you enjoy those pancakes? Now outside in the back, time to hit the pinata. Maybe they need um, to bring pinatas back as like the barbecue thing. You have a barbecue and a pinata. Pinatas are fun, man. Like they are. I I was kind of sad, and I didn't. I was hoping the kids were gonna smack themselves out, and then I would have to destroy the pinata. But it didn't. It well, didn't happen. They, you should get an adult pinata for later once the kids go down, right? Yeah, like I just yeah. I should get. Maybe that would keep me from eating too much candy if I could only access it by destroying a pinata, by uh, eating the by breaking the sweet sweet outside of the pinata. I feel like the, I have a new diet book coming. It's like put all the bad food inside of a pinata and then think think about how much you want it and then just smack your pinata. Yeah. Uh, the pinata is made of something that you love dearly, like uh, I don't know. My, a French fry pinata? Sure. Um, so uh, just the, the last thing I was going to say about that party mm-hmm. – and perhaps most importantly for this show because I think people can totally relate to this is it. So Gwen is is four, mm-hmm. and it was for somebody's five year old birthday. Uh, Quinn's five year old birthday party. So I get there, and they're friends from school. They're real friends. They're not like, hey, daddy's friends with Mike, and Mike's got a kid, and so you have to be friends with Mike's kid. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's like Gwen has made this friend, and. and uh, I don't know their parents at all. I don't know their parents' friends. And, like, there's a bunch of other kids that are there that are, like, you know, either related to Quinn, like, or, or you know, the, the, there's a lot of adults there who know each other. And I know nobody, right? Oh. So so I show up, and I think everybody sort of gets this, this feeling. It's like, do you leave your kid? Because... I, I got the impression that they really wanted me to. Like, really? They were like, you know, yeah, they were, well, I, you know, I could be wrong. They just said, you know, like, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, you could totally come back if you have errands to run or anything like that, but you're welcome to stay too. And, uh, whenever we have done that, everybody has taken off. Like, um, we did that at Gwen's last party. There were people who literally dropped their kids and didn't even like drop their four-year-old kids and took off. And I was like, geez, do you, are you sure you don't want your, to see if your kid's comfortable and stuff? And if I had left, Gwen would have been, I think she would have felt uncomfortable at certain points. So I decided to stay. Um, and, uh, and, and, it soon became clear to me because all the kids went off and, and played and Gwen would check in with me sometimes. Soon became clear to me that all the other adults knew each other. I was the only one they didn't know. And everybody was like, who the hell is this guy? And uh, <laughs> Did you break the ice all- by telling them about this podcast? <laughs> no, I did not. That would have been a good move. I'm like, hey, guys, this will be a great story for my podcast. Uh, can I get all your names? Um, but uh, Yeah, let's do but be no. first name basis here. Uh. <laughs> But uh, but no, I you know I was very very social. Tried to you know uh, um, 
get to know them and they were all very nice people and it was good and by the end i th- i think they were glad you know that i stayed and stuff like that and that uh the, it, it made it easier to plan for future play dates and stuff between the, the kids and they're like oh yeah open invitation and and i was like oh that's great but when we pulled up um i said to gwen uh i said you know this party isn't just going to be you and Quinn. There's mm-hmm. going to be other kids there, kids that you don't know. And she's like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to meet them all. <laughs> and and I was like, huh, man, kids are so much, not, you know, are not like adults. Adults are just like you build up all this, you know, social anxiety and like you're like, oh, God, this feels weird here, you know. I only know one person at this party, you know, like that feeling. You're like, oh, God, why am I at this party? Um, but kids, they're just like, wow, this is, there's other kids here. doesn't matter. You know, like I don't, I don't need to, uh, I don't need to know them. And so I thought that was refreshing anyway. And then that made, made me be like, oh, you know what? I can tough this out too. Sometimes, you know, it's funny. Uh, sometimes it's nice. I I did, um, it wasn't really a work thing. It was more like a city thing. There was a city, there was an event going on in the city. I knew a couple people who were going and sometimes it can be nice to go somewhere where nobody knows who you are. Like, you know, in this instance, it was someone where I didn't have to engage with anything. I just was able to participate and walk away. But in your instance, it's like sometimes it can be very anxious to go somewhere where you know you're going to be surrounded by strangers and the only connection. and you But you have this connection that's like that makes you have to kind of engage with them. And you're right. Like, I don't think I'd be able to drop my kid off and not want to know who's who's going to be around you know like who who these people are that are clearly hanging out um i don't need to be their best friends like you don't need to be invited to the next pinata barbecue from these guys but yeah. um i don't know like it's tough you're right it's it's a, it's it's interesting that kids there's that age group where they just they're they're super cool to hang out with whoever is their age right but I think, like, when you're talking, like, a, a even, like, six, seven-year-old, you're now at the point where it's, like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. You just drop off your kids at the party and you take off and well, go do some stuff, Is it because right? you know them, though? Like, you'd have to know they, somebody at the party to make sure they're watching your kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not just free babysitting, is it? Well, see, it's kind of funny. It's like you trust that maybe it's about situation. Like you know that those parents are the parents of the kid that your kid spends a bunch of time with. Like uh, when at Gwen's fourth birthday, there were parents that had never met us before that were like, here's my kid. See ya. And Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, holy smokes, like they don't know us from Adam. And now we're in charge of taking care of their kids, you know. Um, But but, I mean, can you can you kind of gauge I know, I know it's not one-to-one, but can you kind of gauge the type of parent somebody is just by, like, knowing their kid or knowing the, their kid get, ah, maybe that's wrong, maybe that's not going to work. I don't know, it just, it, it, I'm trying to compute this, like, weird human nature of these people just dropping their kids off. It's like when you look into, like, you watch documentaries about serial killers, you just want to know what makes them tick. What is about these people that allows them to completely forget they have a child for two hours at this birthday party? What is well, it? Well, they don't they don't forget that they have a child. They just run some errands. They're like, oh, sweet. I got two hours to myself today while my kid's having fun. And then I'll just pick True. them up after her and they'll be so happy. They'll get a loot bag. We'll high five. They'll talk about the pinata. You know, like it'll be it'll be a great time. And uh and, you know, on the weekend, like, sometimes I want time to myself, too. And of if course. I know, like, the best babysitter for a kid is another kid in the sense that they will play together and stuff. I, I, I get why you do it. And, like, totally, I feel like having been there this time, next time I drop Gwen off, especially if it's just a play date with Quinn, I would not feel like I needed to stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and um but but to start from that point of like yeah i don't know you or anybody here or any of these kids other than your daughter uh but i'm gonna leave my daughter here and uh and then i'll come back in two hours because i honestly think she wouldn't have she she needed me for security she came to see me and stuff not all kids are the same some kids will just totally forget that you exist and it'll be like pinata party you know but um but Gwen wasn't one of them. She she needed me there anyway. I just thought it. I think it's interesting because it's one of those situations that all parents are going to deal with at one point when their kid starts making friends, 
and and they don't know the parents of those friends and like you're brought together due to your kids friendship and Mm -hmm. yeah you might make friends with their parents you might be like wow these people are awesome wow we're lifelong buddies now but more likely than not no and who knows maybe in some cases they'll be annoying that wasn't the case this time but like you could be like, oh, God, her parents are the worst, you know? Yeah. And then then they're part of your life and you can't really do anything about that? Well, if they're your, if they're your, you know, if they're like a type of babysitter, then you don't want to really mix business with pleasure, right? You kind of want to oh. like just leave it, you know, as is. Yeah. Maybe. I don't no, know. No, I, I guess. Well, you know what? I'd ask, <laughs> I'd ask listeners. This is yes. a listener. I'd ask listeners, like, if you, um, what do you do with your kids with with birthday parties like do you drop them off do you come back later do you stay like does it depend on the age of your kid does mm-hmm. it depend like what level of social anxiety do you have if you're like hanging out with all these these people or are you just like wow i'm happy to be here because i know i i'm so-and-so's dad and i gotta be here or are you like oh my god strangers everywhere i can't take this Stranger anyway i would I would love to. Uh, I would love to hear. So, uh, st- uh, when Ryan does the business, because I don't remember what our email address is right now, email us at that whatever yeah. account. Give us your listener feedback. Let us know what you think about what you do with your kids when you get invited to a birthday party. Do you invade or do you divide and conquer? I don't know. Uh, you know, your kid goes in and does the birthday party. You go to the grocery store and and buy some chocolate bars. Uh, you can let us know. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter and tweet at us. You can find myself at R. Murphy and Crofton at Crofton Steers. Visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad for all the lovely links and past episodes. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week. I did the finger guns. That's weird. Bye, everybody. Piñata party. Woo, piñata barbecue. Bringing it back. Yeah.